Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are excited about God's word on this day. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We pray for every listener that they will hear your word and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue our sermon series titled, God's Supernatural Power. I will be reading in your hearing from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We learned from our previous lesson that God's supernatural power is activated and experienced through prayer. Now let's continue. Verse 14 states, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Paul's prayer life modeled the prayer life of Jesus. He comes running to draw close to the Lord, to touch the very heart of God, through his son, Jesus Christ, in prayer. The same closeness and intimacy is so beautifully illustrated in the life of Jesus. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word refers to the pre-incarnate Christ. Jesus Christ was face-to-face with God. This scripture speaks of the Father and the Son being so close, so intimate, they can feel each other's breath. And it speaks to the deepest bond of love and affection among the members of the Godhead. Jesus prays to the Father and makes an intimate request that he wouldn't ask of anyone but God. The Bible says in Mark 
chapter 1436. And he, Jesus, said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus, God the Son, was totally dependent and in a deep trusting relationship with God the Father. And in our scripture text in Ephesians 3, 14, Paul is seen here in humble adoration and devotion and his heart's desire is to get so close to God that he can feel his very breath. This spiritual truth is so real and it applies to us today. It is humbling to know we too can get face to face with God and so close that we can feel his breath, we can feel his warmth, we can feel his touch, and we can feel his love. And each time we get so close to the Lord in intimacy and through prayer, we experience the supernatural power of God. There are times when the Lord will release a manifestation of healing or deliverance or the salvation of a family member. At other times, we get a breakthrough in our finances or a miracle in the lives of our children. The supernatural power of God is sometimes manifested in the healing of a broken marriage or in the restoration of a family relationship. Sometimes it might be peace given to us in a troubled situation or supernatural strength when we want to give up. It can also be in the form of an answer to a prayer that has been on the altar for years. And at times when we are down, discouraged, or feeling unloved, the Lord will wrap his loving arms around us. That is the supernatural power of God being activated and experienced in our lives. And in my own life, during times of intimate prayer, the Lord has supernaturally healed my body. Other times when my heart was broken and shattered to pieces, the Lord has touched me, healed my heart, and made me whole. And then there were times when I received supernatural wisdom concerning a certain situation, and I was liberated and set free. No matter what we go through or what season or stage of life we find ourselves in, when we get close to the Lord and call on Abba Father, Daddy God, He shows up and shows out and He moves in a mighty, mighty way on our behalf. He is just that kind of God. And who wouldn't want to serve a God like this? I love this illustration. The father of a little boy was in the army and after some heroic action in a battle was promoted to the exalted rank of brigadier general. When the little boy was told of this, he looked a little sad and when asked what was the matter, he said, can I still call him daddy? In today's culture where so many fathers 
are absent from their homes and failing their children. God, our Father, will never fail us. He will never abandon us. He will never disown us or mistreat us or neglect us. God will never disappoint us. He'll never let us down. God is always calling us and beckoning us to come to him, to seek him, to call upon him. Jeremiah 33, 3 states, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. God desires and longs for us to come just a little closer than before to put our trust in him. He is our Abba Father. And James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. All of us can draw near to the Lord. It is through prayer that God's supernatural power is activated and experienced in our lives. Now let's continue in our foundational text, Ephesians 3, verse 15. It says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Paul is saying all brothers and sisters who bear God's name in heaven and earth are included. Just the mere fact that we are his children and bear his name carries with it the supernatural power of God. No one in God's family is excluded. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. It is to our Heavenly Father, Paul bows in humility, in honor, in adoration, and in intimate prayer. The word every in this verse means whole and collectively. The whole family in heaven and earth is one family named after God the Father. Those who have died in Christ are now home with the Lord. They are part of God's family in heaven. Death does not separate them from the love of God, according to Romans chapter 8, verses 38 to 39. And then God's family on earth is the church. That is us. And according to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6, there's only one body, one church. It's not a black church or a white church or a Chinese church or Asian church. There's only one universal church, one wonderful family all throughout the whole world with God as our father. All of the saints in heaven and earth are under God's fatherhood. We are all citizens of God's kingdom. We are all partakers of God's divine nature, his divine love, and we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. God is our heavenly father. We are his children and we are saved and redeemed by the blood of the lamb. We bear his name on earth. While on the other hand, the word of God is very clear and plain that the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who have rejected 
God's only son, Jesus Christ, are not part of God's family. God is not their father. The unsaved belong to the family of the devil. They do the works of their father, the devil. Jesus plainly stated in John chapter 8, verse 44, he was speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his very own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The Lord knows them that are his, and everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That is according to 2 Timothy 1 verse 19. We belong to God. Paul now exercises his right as a child of God and as a member of God's family to go before the Father in prayer and to make his request known. Let's go back to our foundational text. Here's the Apostle Paul's first request. Ephesians 3.16 says that he, the father of the family, would grant you according to his riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Our second biblical principle is God's supernatural power is activated and experienced as we develop inner strength. First of all, we observe in this verse that Paul is praying for the saints and for the Lord to address their spiritual needs. And as we mentioned before, Paul does not pray to be released from prison or to be exonerated. He does not pray for God to change his circumstances or for a favorable hearing before Caesar. The Apostle Paul prays for the saints in Ephesus' spiritual needs. And there are times in our own lives when we have prayed for the Lord to change our circumstances. That is a natural thing to do because we get so tired of certain situations and circumstances that seem to wear us down. And oftentimes, God will not change the circumstance, but God changes us for the circumstance. He will give us a biblical truth to apply to that situation and allow us to see it from a heavenly perspective. And it makes all the difference when we know God's hand is on us and working out that situation in our lives. I can remember years ago when I worked as an administrator at a correctional facility in the mid 80s, I was very young in age and also in my career. And my employees, my supervisor, and some of the upper level correctional management, they gave me the blues. It was more than a notion. And my prayer daily was, Lord, get me out of this place and do it very quickly. I was more focused on God doing something for me. But the Apostle Paul's prayer is not focused on himself, but on others. 
He does not pray for even his physical needs, although he was responsible for his own meals and clothing. Paul makes a spiritual request as he intercedes for God's people. And in the first part of Ephesians 3:16, it states that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. The words would grant in this text simply means to supply, furnish, give, or bestow something or do something. The word according means down from or throughout. Paul does not pray out of the Father's riches, but according to his riches. Here is the difference. If a wealthy billionaire donated $1,000 to a charity that is out of his riches and a small part of his riches, but if he donated $10 billion, that is according to his riches. It's in proportionate to his wealth. Paul prays that God would grant the saints and honor his request according to the standard of his riches. In other words, according to his unlimited glorious wealth, not out of, but according to our father's lavish infinite treasures and his abundant and generous supply. Paul prays that the Lord would grant them according to the riches and fullness of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. The word strengthened in this text is the aorist passive tense and it simply means the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. It is not our own strength. It's defined as to make strong, to increase in strength, to be strong, to overcome resistance. Just as our physical bodies need to be strengthened and given proper care, our spirit man also needs to be nourished and strengthened. The word power in this text comes from the Greek word dudamus, and it means inherent power, dynamite, power for performing miracles. It is the Holy Ghost power that works itself from the inside out, supernaturally strengthening the inner man. It is the dunamis power, that divine energy that we can draw on from the inside. The inner man in this text means spirit, soul, or eternal being. It is the real you. It is the real me. It is the innermost self. It is our soul and spirit that will live on throughout eternity. It is our responsibility as children of God to continually develop inner strength in our spirit and in our soul. The Holy Spirit supplies the power, but we must do our part. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer person is decaying, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. 
The outer man is on the decline daily as we get older. It is perishing. All too often, we spend a lot of time, energy, and finances on the outer man, not realizing that God's supernatural power is activated and experienced when we develop inner strength. It has nothing to do with the outer man. And how many of you know that spiritual fitness and development of the inner man is a process? It does not come automatically. And just like physical training and fitness, it must be cultivated and developed over time. I am reminded when I first got into physical fitness and training years ago, I started out jogging. I jogged one mile and then I increased to a mile and a half and I built up to three miles and then five miles. And before you knew it, I was driving to Memorial Park to jog that six miles trail. And then I got stronger. I started jogging nine miles and then 12 miles. And then I practiced and trained and I did a 26 mile marathon. But I had to build up my stamina and endurance over time. It was gradual. Otherwise, I would have collapsed early on because my body was unconditioned. I just kept on going. Quitting was never an option. I knew I had a desired goal and was determined to meet that goal. And 30 years later, it's a blessing. I still jog and work out. But at some point, I plateaued and I had to incorporate more training in my workout and in the development process. So I started attending boot camps and working with a personal trainer in order to go to the next level. And spiritually, we must follow the same pattern and gradually build our strength and endurance. And thank God we have spiritual help. We have the Holy Ghost and he's always there for us. The Lord Jesus confirms this so beautifully in the Gospel of John chapter 14 verses 16 and 17. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is our helper and trainer. He is our spiritual health and fitness coach. He is there for us and he customizes a divine workout plan for us each individually and personally because he knows where we are spiritually and he knows what it will take for us to grow stronger. The Holy Spirit instructs us and trains us, but like our personal trainers, he will not lift the weights for us or do the workout for us. We must do our part. Our task is to remain yielded to the Holy Spirit's leadership and training. Paul's life and ministry was yielded to the Holy Ghost. 
He was committed to developing and strengthening his inner man. And for that reason, the spirit's power was continually activated and experienced in his life. During Paul's missionary journeys, the Holy Ghost instructed him when to go and when not to go to a certain region. In Acts chapter 16, verse 6 and 7, it reads, They passed through the Phrygia and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Musia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. When the Holy Ghost gave the Apostle Paul instructions, he followed them without any objections. He trusted the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit instructed the Apostle Paul in a night vision to go to a certain place. And the Bible says in Acts 16 verse 18, when he reached that destination, a slave girl was possessed with a demonic spirit and she was instantly delivered and permanently loosed and set free. It states the Apostle Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. Every time we yield to the Holy Spirit's power, our inner man is gaining added strength and God's supernatural power is activated and experienced in our lives. Now, here are some practical applications for this lesson. Number one, invest time daily reading, meditating, and studying the Word of God in order to develop and strengthen the inner man. Number two, develop and cultivate a rich, solid relationship with the Holy Spirit. Number three, read resource materials and books on the Holy Spirit. And number four, pray for a daily fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. And you might ask Bible teacher Tyler, how do I come to know this Jesus? So the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for salvation that's taken place all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.